Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, can I make a very quick prediction as well about next week? Yes. Wasps having beaten Exeter... I, I, however much I love Bristol, they are going to get hammered next week <laughs> at Sandy Park. Hammered? No, not hammered drunk. They're going to be hammered by no, Exeter. I know what you mean. Exeter are going to thrash Bristol. This is my prediction: forty points plus. Just want to make a well prediction. Put it out there. So the Greatest Sage, how Craftenden there predicting last week that Exeter will win uh, by 40 points over Bristol, um, which didn't come true, did it, Hal? Look, what a terrible comment. Terrible thing are, to say. Look, Awful. First of all, should we be doing Welcome to the Rugby Jubbly podcast rather than just going straight in with an attack like this? But welcome to the Rugby well, Jubbly I podcast. Mean, welcome to the Rugby Jubbly. My, here, comment, my previous comments... Just stand, my previous yeah. comments. Stand, and I have. And I look, want to know what you. What have you got to say for yourself? It was extraordinary. Um, I'm affected by several things. First of all, um, I thought possibly Bristol because they would just go look. It's away at Exeter. We're on a good run. Let's put some kids out and not put our first team out. They actually went first team, <laughs> and they why? went for it full ball. Why? Because I, because I thought why? Why? It's one of the biggest com- games of the season. <laughs> Bristol versus stick the, stick the second team out. I don't know why I thought that. In the back of my mind, I just thought, you know what? Who really cares? Well, nuts. I just I thought Exeter would would I thought Exeter would really win by about twenty points against a first team Bristol. Uh, and that they put out maybe some kids and get beaten by 40 points. I don't know. I'm, slow, I'm Do you know why slightly I've gone over the top, though, in predicting Bristol were going to lose? Is This is what You're I dramatic. do when I really... You're this drunk. Is, no, but it's what I do when I like a team. It's what I do. With Saracens, I used to always predict Saracens would lose. It's a way of protecting myself against the Oh, pain I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's win-win. losing. Yeah. I do it terribly. I do the whole, you know, that that thing of... Um, uh, I always think I'm going to lose at something, or I was, you know... I, I I always have to protect myself from the double pain of caring about somebody losing and then losing. I understand. Um, I understand. But I think there's something maybe structurally wrong. Maybe other teams have worked out Exeter's (laughs) catch and drive. Well, they they... said afterwards, they said that Bristol out-Exeter Exeter. Exactly. Which is a similar sort of thing to what England did to New Zealand in the semi-final of the World Cup. If you don't do it to them... They will do it to you. Also, I do think Exeter are just going on a slump as well. I saw, I remember Sarries doing this where they lost seven games in a row. And I think it was, was it 2017 to 18? Sarries lost mm. seven games in a row 
from having been, they were European double champions, 2016, 2017. They'd won the Guinness Premiership 2016 and they had seven games where yeah. they lost. Seven games straight. It's and I think Exeter are just in a slump. They've just hit a really bad slump. I hope Well, let's not, I mean, they are they are top three still. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's not But they've it's lost two games. I know. They, but they I, have I, lost and that yeah, was their really... I think they'll be fine. And they were at home, admittedly without a crowd, um, but they were at home mm. and they lost to... Uh, and and they did lose to Bristol, and I didn't. I you know I didn't think it was even particularly that close. I thought I thought Bristol just looked a lot better than them, and did. And you're right, yeah. out exited them, and just looked stronger in the pack and everything. So I am. I'm very pleased. I'm I'm enjoying Exeter's downfall almost as much <laughs> as I enjoy Harlequins. Um, but, oh but but it was it, that was a good game. But there were some amazing games this weekend. The, ga- the, the game of the yeah, that was the game of the. Uh... That was the game of the weekend for me, Bath Wasps. I, I sort of I had to watch that in stints because of the kids. So I sort yeah. of watched half of it one day and then half of it the next morning. But I, I sometimes I watch sometimes I watch half a game and go, this is this is okay, you know, and then don't get round to watching the second half. But then I'd seen the score. I thought, right, I'm definitely watching this, and it was it was it was great, wasn't it? I mean, it's it's funny when you watch England play like in that. Um, at that final of the Autumn Nations Cup against France, and mm. it was just kick, 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 kick. And this was just like running hard rugby, throwing the ball around in the middle of winter. Um, and it was just attacking rugby from all over the place. The game broke up pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, is it my imagination that sudden, suddenly the Premiership is just full of good games ever since those awful internationals? The Premiership seems to be just having I lots and lots of fab games. I think it seems to be inconsistent. You know, there's some games that are sort of bit drudgery and mm. then other games that are just amazing. And I've no idea why. <laughs> I've no idea why. A dog woo. Paolo Udogwu, mm. man of the match. Absolutely fantastic. I was he, wondering he, he about ran that. through a Sam Underhill tackle. I know, unusual. Anyway... Bath Wasps, brilliant bloody game. Sale Worcester, I hardly saw. Uh, De Klerk, brilliant. No, I didn't Duncan see that. Weir's had his hair cut back to normal and looks... Oh, what a shame. He, I yeah, like that he, floppy mop that he... Symptoms type he, haircut he had. Sale uh, won that, didn't they? 2013. Yeah, they, Sale are looking okay, but not brilliant. They're, yeah. Uh, they should be better, They're I think. A slow start, slow start. Yeah. And they, they've had management trouble. So okay. you know, let's give them let's give them some time, or you write them off completely. How? Sorry, you were. I like being dramatic. That's the thing. I like making I know, dramatic. Know, they're rubbish. Good. They're good. X is going to yeah. win black by forty white, points. Black and white statements. Black and white. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Newcastle Falcons against Gloucester. Falcons are just aren't they amazing to they're come brilliant. up and be this good? They're brilliant. They're brilliant. I mean, I, I, I was saying I feel sorry for Johnny May, who's who's gone from bottom of the league Leicester to now bottom of the league Gloucester, and he's he scored his first try for Gloucester since returning to the club on Saturday. Um, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a winger's try; it was a forward's try. Exactly, he the scrum and pick and go, wasn't it? But yeah. but, um, but you're uh, you are absolutely right. This is a player doesn't look good unless he's in a team that sh- that can. Show how good well, I he is. just feel sorry for him because he's he's such a great player, and he, he's like Johnny Wilkinson playing for Newcastle all those years, where he just won absolutely nothing, just involved with relegation dogfights for years. Yeah, Harlequins London Irish. Sorry, last game. Didn't see that one. This. Do you know what London Irish? Well, Northampton Leicester was off by the way because of COVID. I'm just seeing things on mm-hmm. my little sheet. Um, Harlequins London Irish. Uh, 
again, it was it was it was an amazing game. By the way, twenty seven all was the final score. That is amazing. And they London Irish, I really like as a team. They've got a fullback called Tom Parton. And I'm now going to put the curse on Tom Barton because I'm going to make a prediction about him. He's oh, going no. to... Well, no, once Eddie Jones resigns as England coach and Pat Lamb becomes the next England coach, which I believe he will. Okay. I think Pat Lamb will be the next England coach. He'll leave Bristol. I think it'll be Jamie Joseph. Okay, so Pat Lamb as England coach comes in and this guy, Tom Parton, is a fullback. He's, I think he's still in the academy at London Irish, but he's, come, he's getting some games with the main team. Um, Just writing this down, how? He's an absolute yes. future star. He, did, he was man of the match. He was, he's really, really good. He runs brilliantly. He's exciting. You, you want the opposition to kick the ball to him because he does something exciting with it every time. So Tom Parton, future England star. Can we rec- keep this recorded and play this yeah. in about four years' time? I put it in the book. Is, well, actually, I'll put it in the book. Imagine 2023. He's lifting the World Cup. Maybe he's in a, a bolter. He could be a bolter. He could be a exactly. bolter. Oh, I don't know if he'd be a bolter for the Lions. But um, but actually, Marcus Smith for Quins. He's so he is still only 21. You know, Marcus Smith. He, he looks it. A, he looks like about 15. Yeah, but he's Marcus he's Smith. been around for three years, hasn't he? He's been around. He was 18. Yeah. And I yeah. I think he yeah. does well behind a not great pack. They've got Don Brandon, they've got Joe Marler, but actually he's a yeah. player who does quite well in quite a bad team at the moment. And Quinn's aren't a good team because London Irish, I think, hadn't played for like a month because of COVID. Yeah. They were they brought they they've got some superstars though at London Irish as well. Absolute superstars. Coming off the bench, they had 328 international caps on the bench. Flying. London Irish. I think London Irish could be exciting though. And this guy, Tom Parton, is is potentially very special. They've got Fijian at number eight, whose name I can't remember. Where's he's Tom really Parton well. come from? Has he come through the, an academy, or has he been? I think so. I think he's in. in or... He was in. He's in the academy at London Irish, and he's come through the academy to, and now he's winning man of the match. And now it's time for the second part of our brilliant, brilliant interview with the fabulous Lewis Moody. This is the second section. Mm. If you want to catch the first section, listen to last week's pod. Lewis, um, you're in a pretty. Um, pretty cool elite club at the moment. The only English team to have won a World Cup. Will you be disappointed if and when that changes? <laughs> you know, when other when when another team finally wins, if they do ever get across the line. Uh, I, th- I think I think I would I would to a degree um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it's <laughs> I'm, you've got to be honest, right? I yeah. would to a degree because it's Brilliant. such a unique position to be in, right? We are That's so cool. You know, we are the only English team to ever have done that at the moment. You know, the guys last year got close and, and there's you, you're always conflicted with it because I know some of the guys well and I'd love them to experience what we what we got to experience in 2003 and everything that comes with that. Um, but also there is something very special about still being that unique group. And we don't meet. We don't meet at all. Like that, two, that 2003 group don't meet. Well, I say we don't meet at all. They haven't invited me if they have. <laughs> <laughs> But, but they, uh, you know, so it's coming up to what, in three years, it's the 20th anniversary of that. And we have only met as a group once since 2003. Wow. And, you know, it's, it's sad, really, but you just sort of, you go off and you do, you do all those things. So when, when you come back, it's literally just like you were there 17, 18 years ago. You know, the friendships, the, you know, the, the fractious uh, relationships, the, the fun, the, it's brilliant, and for the guys to experience that, I, I would, I would really, 
I would really, I love that because it is special. But yeah, also, I, I mean, you'll always be the first. Being in this unique position. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you'll always be the first ones to have won a World Cup if we win another World Cup. You're also, Louis, I forgot this, you're also the first English player to be sent off at Twickenham. You will always was, be the first. There have been others since then, haven't there? There's been um, well, there's two Lagi and, and, and Elliot Daly. Uh, Elliot Daly, yeah. Is that is it? Just three of you. That, so that's pretty impressive. The other two, weirdly, I think yours is different as well because the other two fun. were accidents. The other two were accidents. Elliot Daly tackling the <laughs> Yours was deliberate malevolence. <laughs> that's uh, still my favourite sending off. <laughs> well, I was I was going to say the other twos weren't real sending offs, were they? It was exactly. like Elliot. Did accidentally run into someone, and yeah. uh, and Manu. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, mate! It was. Do you know what? I look. I look back on that, and I, I had a seventeen-year career, and you know, now I've got two kids. One's one's nearly thirteen, one's ten, um, and whenever I meet new parents in the playground, and and the kids might have told their sort of relevant children that you know. I played for England and what have you. Invariably, they go away and Google Lewis Moody after a 17 year <laughs> career of all the trophies that you talked about. And I scored a few tries along the way and do some tackles and what have you. One video exists basically of my playing <laughs> career, and that is the fight I had with Manu Tuolangi when I got sent off at Twickenham. Yeah. And the, the looks that you get in the playground and <laughs> the parents come in and like, just sort of ushering people away from me. <laughs> but, you, but, like you were, but you were being honourable because you were defending Mark Quetta. So it wasn't honourable. Thing you were actually stepping in for your mate and getting involved and yeah so I th- I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Can I just um, I I just realised we've not really talked about your injuries, which always obsesses me about how psychologically you I didn't you've been injured so much you should have had about 150 caps, shouldn't you really? Because you missed loads of Six Nations yeah, well, roughly along the way. Um, that's it's it's that sports psychology of. Um, I mean, maybe I'm being really stupid here, but I, when you've done your knee or you've done your shoulder or you've done, how do you get rid of that feeling in your head the next when you get fit again of going, oh, what if, as as someone who is a bit of a worrier, as you admit you are, did you not go, oh God, what if the shoulder goes again? What if the knee? What the, how do you, I mean, I, I just, I always found as as a kid rugby player, I did have loads of injuries and did go, oh, you know, I was never going to make it because I did go, oh, what if my knee goes again? What if this happens again? How did you get over so many problems? Because you've had like four, I, there's a thing about how many injuries you've had. You've had like four reconstructions on your shoulder and your, you've torn medial ligaments five times or something. Uh, I, I just, I just find, how do you? How do you think you got through it? Do you think you are a special sort of person to do that? Or do you think there is a method to get through it? No, I, um, I, don't, I don't think I'm special at all, Hal, in that sense. I just think I was fortunate. I think I also loved the game so much and I missed playing that I always wanted to be back playing. It was what I enjoyed most in my life. Really mm. simple. It's what I always wanted to do, whether it was professional or amateur. Um, and when I got my first injury, I think I was 22 and it was shoulder. It was my first shoulder reconstruction. And, um, and being out for that was really frustrating and, and it brought out all sorts of, you know, um, anger and rage and all that sort of stuff. But I never saw it as something that would stop me playing, playing the game. I just got through it and, and was really lucky. You know, we had such a strong support network of coaches and physios um, and mates around you. And, and you just develop this innate 
focus that I just want to be back playing. And you obviously go through the, you know, when you're injured, you go through the, will I be good enough when I get back? You know, because at some of the stages in my career, when I got injured, I was playing some amazing rugby and on really good form. And then you worry, will I get back into the club side? Will I get back into England side? You know, all those type of things happen through your head. But um, there was only one stage that I genuinely thought about retiring. I was 28. I think I'd had probably 10 operations at that time, up until that time. And um, and I just recovered from an Achilles. Um, I then, during the course of my Achilles rupture, I had to have a hip microfracture, which is where they clear the cartilage off your hip with like a hammer and chisel. It's like a medical hammer and chisel, obviously. Mm. And um, and they uh, and they then I, I that was I think that was eight eight months that I was out for. And I came back from both those two injuries, really worrying and wondering whether I'd get back into either side because when you're not playing, it allows someone else the chance, right? Mm. And if they're good enough and they take the opportunity, they're good enough. Um, and I got back to Leicester. I was playing really well, um, had five or six games, a couple of man-of-the-match games. And and in training um, uh, with Alex Tuolangi, you know, unsurprisingly, 18 stone monster that he was. Um, I just had a phone call from John O. Martin Johnson to say, look, mate, you're back in the England squad. Well done. Um, you'll be a part of the Six Nations. And uh, and I, I dived on a loose ball in training just in front of Alessana to Alangi in a game of touch. And uh, and the 18 stone monster landed on my ankle and snapped uh-huh. in two places. And, and I'd just been out pretty much for a year. And then to get back six weeks in, to have that happen I was you know happy to say I was on the phone to my wife saying that's it I've had enough you know in mm. tears I can't do it anymore the, the, you know the the rehab the the injuries the frustration the doubt the trying to get back every time after you know because the work you have to it's like a pre-season multiple pre-seasons every time you're injured which are hard um, and she was just like, stop being stupid. You know, it was a proverbial slap in the, in the face. She used more colorful language than that, but you know, I won't, I won't say it on air. And, um, and, and it was exactly what I needed. You know, sometimes you just need to be told honestly by people to stop feeling sorry for yourself. You know, there's far worse things that can happen in your life than getting injured. And, and I was just always really lucky that I was, you know, well, I say lucky, I was lucky that I had an amazing support, medical support teams with England and with Leicester. And I was fortunate that I developed a mindset that allowed me to push through it, whatever was put in front of me. And and when I was I was dealt a, a health um, scare, well, it wasn't a scare, it was, I was diagnosed with colitis when it just in the build up to 2005 lines. And I always say that my ability to deal with that, so essentially that's losing weight. It's, you know, not being able to be two feet from a loo, you know, because essentially you crap yourself. I had to take change of clothes to change it, change, um, to training, because often I crap myself in the car on the way to training. It was awful, awful couple of years, basically. But the mindset to get through that came from having dealt with all the injuries I had to that point. And, um, you know, and that that's what it is. That's what, you know, people talk about resilience and, I wasn't born with any form of resilience. I would just, you know, you develop it through the situations and the struggles and the challenges that you overcome. That's what I feel about it anyway. And, you know, I felt blessed that I had the, the game of rugby to then help me with my colitis issues as they, as they arose. Lewis, when you retired, was it, was it due to injury or, or you were just like, I sit now, my body just can't do this anymore. Were you of the age where you, yeah, no. it must've been, was it, was it a difficult decision or an easy one in the end? that's a good question Dan actually um, thanks 
ultimately, <laughs> <laughs> not that the others were shit or anything. Mine but, uh, have been quite silly, Dan. I'm impressed by yours. <laughs> I'm all about the psychology. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, um, you know, ultimately my, my shoulder gave way. And for the, uh, so it was playing Bath, playing for Bath. I retired from England just after that World Cup in 2011. And I was looking forward to finishing off my career with Bath for two or three seasons that I had left. The very next game, I came back and effect, well, trying to effect a tap tackle of all things on a, on a fullback playing for Worcester. Missed it completely. Landed awkwardly on my shoulder and knew instantly that, you know, that that was it. And in my head, I then you know, tried to continue that game because of maybe the frustrations of the World Cup in 2011. I wanted to prove that I was still capable as a player and that devoted it to the game and all that. And, uh, and ultimately I ended up playing awfully with one shoulder <laughs> for the next 40 minutes, knocked myself out cold because I ended up, excuse me, having to tackle with the wrong shoulder and it, it just all went horribly wrong. But I knew in my head, this could be my last game. So I want to stay on. I want to keep going. And, you know, I probably actually... I did this, the team a disservice by staying on. But so after that, I had another shoulder reconstruction and, and every time I came back, it just kept coming out. So the, I actually had to sit here on, on this computer. It was this computer, and which is probably why it's you know, not working so well these days because I'm like 10 years old. But, and, and, and physically press a button to send, uh, and we announced it to the, the press association and on social media, but sort of at the same time and literally physically press the button. And I remember just lingering over it because rugby was, it was a love. Honestly, it was a love affair. I absolutely love it. I miss it to this day. And to say that you're not going to be able to do it anymore and to press that, physically press the button was really difficult. But once I did, I think it was, um, it was a relief. I know my wife was, was relieved for me at the time. She was fed up watching me bounce back from various injuries and get broken all the time. So, mm. um, but it was tough. It was tough, Dan. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah mate. Is, are you still involved in the game? Are you, are you associated with the club or do you do any media work? I don't think I've seen you do any media work. So I did. When I first, when I first stopped, I did. I think like every player you think, yeah, you know, I could just get into media. That would be yeah. easy. Talk about the thing. Talk about yeah. the thing I love. It's not easy. And and I don't think I was I was good enough at it. And I didn't enjoy it enough to mm. to want to watch hundreds of games and and all that sort of stuff. So I, I took myself and I also found that I was talking absolute nonsense because <laughs> someone was asking me about, you know, players and team. I was like, I just, I just don't know anymore because I don't watch you should, it enough. You, we need to have you as a regular on this yeah. pod. If you're gonna talk <laughs> nonsense, <laughs> ill-informed rubbish about rugby Lewis, we need you on yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, right. But yeah, so we, so I'm not, I'm not connected um, to any professional teams now, but I wanted to stay. I love the game so much. I wanted to stay within it to some degree. So we set up a company in 2015 called Mad Dog Sport, obviously my old nickname, but um, mm. it was using rugby as a tool to keep kids, to keep kids in education, essentially. So we set up programs in state schools and we've been running that for, for five years. And oh, cool. do you know what, that, I'm, I'm allowed, I can go in and coach. We have obviously coaches that, that do all the delivery, you know, whether it's the, the rugby or wellbeing stuff or the athletic development, we have multiple different elements of the programs that we have. But just to be able to go in and coach and interact and, and see kids develop, this, you know, that's the thing I've loved most in my, whether it's my playing career or my post career, was seeing other people succeed and seeing them develop. I just love that, you know, seeing someone have an opportunity, take it and come through. Um, that's super cool. And and it gets to continue with with this. 
you have done amazing charity work because that's how I met you through the the, the Lewis Moody Foundation. Um, you've walked to the North. Is it the North Pole you did? What was that the thing that was? It was North Pole, wasn't it? We did. We did the North Pole in 2015 and the South Pole just before um, coronavirus kicked oh, in in t- last last January. Yeah, so we left on New Year's Eve last year and came back in uh, late January, so Fantastic. just before the carnage. God. So you have been you. It, it, I mean, that must be incredibly satisfying. The thing, the money you've raised um, through that foundation as well. That is, and can I say, I, I don't know if this is a sort of crass point, but I'm really impressed by this. That because you got inspired, but um, to start the foundation, um, which is is it's part of the Brain Tumor Charity, is it, or is it just associated with? Like, yeah, so we're supported by the Brain Tumor Charity. So all the right. money we raise, how goes to projects uh, specifically yeah. related to the Brain Tumor Charity. And this is because of uh, Joss Rowley Stark, who you who you met. Was it six years ago? You met him. Uh, he was a teenager that you'd met who who was who died from a brain tumor. Yeah, and that and he sort of inspired you to get involved to do that. Um, and I just I just think that's that's so it's it's just so impressive to be doing because so many because I'm involved in brain tumor charity because of my mum dying of a brain tumor, but it wasn't actually a a family connection. Usually it is that sort of thing, and I just think it's. It's very impressive what you've done, you know, just to get to get involved in in that cause because it is. If I can do a big shout out on our thing, it is the biggest cancer killer of kids and people under forty, and it is the thing that needs so much money. So you have been, you are doing astonishing things in that area. Well, mate, do you know what you 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 touched on it? Uh, it's actually been longer than that. It's been about eight years. Oh, right. uh, six years since we set up the foundation, but eight years. I met Joss just after I retired, oh. and um, and you know, again, it's probably a connection to rugby. You know, that whole rugby family. His dad just emailed me. No, he didn't. He wrote me a letter, hmm. and um, and said, "Look, son's got a, a rare disease. Do you mind coming up and helping us raise a bit of money?" And, and we did. We went up, met Joss, and, and kept in touch with him. And you know. He was such an inspiring lad. So, you know, so full of life, such a wonderful um, athlete in multi, multi sports, you know, county, rugby, you know, athletics, all sorts. And and, and when he passed, you know, it had a profound effect on me personally and, and Annie as well, my wife. And and that's why we decided we, we sort of, we always worked. Um, we we worked with other charities and, and still do, but really wanted to sort of focus our energies in one area. Mm. And, and as you just said, Hal, at the time and, and still brain tumors are the biggest cancer killer of under forties and kids. And we just needed to make that change. And having met Joss, it inspired us to set something up. And, you know, since then, and it, it fulfills a number of, you know, my own selfish needs as well. Uh, yes, it was, um, it's incredible what, what we can achieve. But for me, having a physical outlet and being able to take people on challenges to raise money for something, you know, which is the Lewis Media Foundation, really mm. gives me an outlet physically as well. But also, you know, tailors to that other side of me that wants to see people achieve and get through things that they don't think they're capable of, you know, taking people on trips to Vietnam and Costa Rica, a thousand miles across Vietnam, crossing Costa Rica, going to the North Pole as a group that didn't really know each other and and seeing how you can overcome that. Oh, mate, I, I love it. And doing all that and raising money, knowing that it's going to, you know, an unbelievable cause is has been a, 
a really fulfilling part of my life since uh, since retiring. It, is mm. it quite hard in terms of you know you're do, doing the North Pole South Pole? I know you're you're aiming to do um, the Amazon Survivor Challenge and the South Africa um, cycling thing. Is is everybody who's involved in those trips? Are there occasionally people? It's quite frustrating to be with people if they were they aren't ex professional sports people, or are they all? Are they all quite driven people? I mean, do you occasionally have to deal with someone and go, oh god, they don't even, you know they're not even they don't even know what it is to make a sacrifice or whatever? Do you, do you, do you have <laughs> no. moaners? Do you have moaners at the North Pole ever? (laughs) (laughs) Very, very rarely, very rarely. I would honestly say, like, we have such a mix of people. Like, Mm. I think everyone thinks you've got to be superhuman to get to the North Pole. Honestly, you you don't. I mean, you know, the trip that we did, we weren't, you know, crossing one side to the other. We did did the last degree, which takes, you know, six six to nine days. I mean, obviously, it's minus 40. You're going over. Actually, not nine days. you know, over rubble ice, which can be as high as three-story buildings. You know, the ice can be thin. You cr- it, it's really challenging. And it's when you see the best in people, I always find, you know, you don't, there's no situation that I can recall where we've had someone, you know, throw a complete hissy fit and and scupper the situation so far, so far. Um, and we've had, we've had the complete mix. You know, we've had guys that have been that are super fit triathletes. We've had ladies that, um, also super fit and the opposite we've had men that are 23 stone and haven't done any exercise for uh you know for probably 15 years and and they they come in with with great trepidation but ultimately it's just about getting everyone from the start to the finish and that's what you know that's what really gives you the joy when you get someone that thinks okay actually there's no way i'm going to do this and they realize that if you if you pull together as a team, you can you can work your way through anything, and whether it's the, the jungle of the of Costa Rica or the Amazon or the ice of the North Pole or the South Pole, it's you know they're the special moments, and that's you know, and I think that's what makes the fundraising so special as well, and what inspires those individuals to really push the fundraising limits and boundaries that they thought were possible as well. Which you know I think in the South Pole we managed to get just over half a million, which was which was enormous for us. Amazing. Um, supporting the Tessa the Tessa Jow brain matrix. Obviously Tessa Jow MP died of a brain tumor brain tumor as well sadly so i've met um the first time i met tessa jow was actually in the change room after the world cup final in 2003 and uh, i rather embarrassingly had no idea who she was and uh and, and asked her if she she sort of stuck her head into a photo between me martin johnson um and, and all the lesser <laughs> contingent that had that had been a part of winning the world cup and she stuck her head in obviously as directed by one of her aides or something and i was like that <laughs> Sorry, do, you mind, uh, do, do you mind do you mind pissing off for a minute we're just trying to have a picture with, with my mates here. and to enormous to raucous laughter of, of my colleagues who obviously knew it was the MP I can't remember what role she had at the time so then to be able to support a project of hers after her sad passing is you know is really nice and, and links things nicely Um, Lewis can I just ask you what you think of the current crop of England players any any chance of winning the next World Cup oh every chance of winning the next World Cup Um, you know I think Eddie Jones is it it seems to be a a wonderful coach Um, certainly listening to you know the stuff that he puts out and, and what comes back from the the various different players or uh or coaches um but just, I think, the wealth of talent that exists around the, mm. the Premiership at the minute. And, and as I said to you, you know, I don't watch an enormous amount of rugby anymore. Um, but the games that I do watch, it always impresses me. It just, I just think it's developed 
so much the game that I would love to play in it now. You know, when, yeah. when I was playing, the ball was in play, I think, for a maximum 25 minutes. Now it's in play for 40 odd minutes. You know, that's only good for everyone, the players and the fans, um, because you want to see, you know, more, more tackles made, um, all those sorts of things. And, you know, so, so there's some really talented players out there and, and seeing some of the young guys come through. It's been hard watching my old clubs, Leicester and Bath, struggle a bit over, uh, yeah. over the years. But, yeah. you know, Bath, Bath and Leicester seem to be doing both a bit better this year. But no, I'm, I'm excited for the next World Cup. It's, it seems to be quite a way off. Mm. And actually, mm. you want to peak at the World Cup, not, not now, which is, you know, sort of three years away from that. Yeah. Yeah, cool. saying that's usually the Irish way, wasn't it? To peak yeah. between World Cups and then be dreadful during the actually. Um, in terms of, I don't know if this would be too controversial, but I, um, in terms of Eddie Jones, I have a reservations about him. <laughs> I keep wanting him to go resign. On, on I think he should have resigned when Scotland came back against. It. I think he should have resigned for not smashing that team in the the French team in the Autumn Nations Cup. Um, but having, I mean, I met him once and was very very nice to his face. But don't you think? We could have a better coach. I, I think he's not he's not good for fostering, you know, for for he, he does encourage people to hate England even more than we're hated. Can I just say I completely up. disagree with yeah, how here. Dad and I have a huge disagreement. <laughs> I think I I do I mean I love Eddie Jones. I, I I genuinely see he is a great he is a good coach. I think his PR is so dreadful. I think he he's very bad for the team. Do you would you have quite liked to have worked under a coach like him? Uh, so, you know, I think he's fascinating. And when he first came in, obviously we had Stuart Lancaster took over from Jono and mm. Stuart was, you know, a, a teacher. So he was very straight. He was Lancaster, very straight yeah. with the media. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> lo- lovely man. <laughs> did, some, did some great stuff. Um, ultimately didn't, didn't succeed on the field, right? But Eddie comes in, totally Aussie for starters, right? Mm. And we all, we all slightly uh, hate the Aussies for, you know, for those historic <laughs> reasons, but also love them. And, um, and, and there's this element of Eddie that is just so un-British where he comes in and he starts throwing these grenades out for the opposition <laughs> in the media, you know, and he starts calling players out, his own players out in the in the press. And, you know, we're just not used to that. We're like, what's going on? This is crazy. And at the time I was like, okay, this, you know, this isn't, this isn't okay. You know, there's no way this is going to work. But, but I've really grown to, to like that side of him, the total yeah. change, you know, because you can only get that if you bring in a, a foreign coach from from outside, and and part of that, what I have seen as well, what I really like about Eddie, because I was fiercely loyal and protective as a player, mm. and I, and I sort of see that in Eddie as well. He 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 does it in strange ways sometimes, but actually in the media, he will protect his players. If he thinks a player needs a bit of a kick up the ass, then he will give them you know a pot shot in the press. But actually, he will really protect them, um, and and players need that. You know, they need their coaches to, they need to feel supported by their coach because they have to put their bodies on the line for them, right? And I think, you know, I know they haven't had to, they haven't had to play under him. I, I hear he is a hard taskmaster, but, you know, mm. when you're playing professional sport, you, you know, you have to work hard. It's I like him because he doesn't seem okay, to, well. he doesn't seem to <clears throat> bow to media pressure in terms of selection. Like, you know, you always, in the previously in the past, we've always sort of said, oh, this guy should be picked for England, this guy should be picked for England. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe it's not the case, but it always seems like in the end, because the media have said this guy should be picked for England, they tend to get picked for England. But Eddie just ignores all of that. And just, I mean, the clamouring and the call for Cipriani to play, you know, for a sort of period of time, but just com- he just completely ignored all of it. And I think probably he was proved right in the end. 
Well, do you know what? Cipriani is an interesting one, isn't he? Because even Eddie brought Cipriani into the fold. Um, you know, probably, uh, I don't know whether against his better Joe, I don't know. But, you know, obviously he would have heard, you know, all the previous stories and the rumours from the different coaching teams and what have you. But as you said, Eddie's, you know, Eddie does it his way. And, you know, actually Danny was playing some amazing rugby at the time. So yeah. bring him in, give him an opportunity. And I think the sad thing with Danny is that whenever he's brought into an England side, you know, invariably he, for for some reason or other, he he never stays. And, you know, I think, you know, that he will for always be an unbelievably talented players, player who for whatever reason, never quite made it at the inter- international level. Um, but I like, you know, I like that about Eddie. You're right. He doesn't bow to media pressure. He just does it his way. Yeah. And he, you've got to be a resilient dude, right? There's no way I would fancy being the head of uh, the England rugby team. You know, you're taking flat from everywhere and he just yeah. seems to absorb it. Some days he'll be really pissy in the, uh, in the interview. Some days he'll be having a laugh. You know, you just never quite know, which is, which is probably disconcerting for a member of the media, right? He, yeah. he has actually, He's been slightly more controlled since this podcast started and I've started attacking him. I don't know. I think he's a little bit of a fan. But since I've been saying, I think he needs to calm down. He has calmed down a little bit. But anyway. Have um, you spoken to him? Have you you had a word with him? Have you gone in and told him what you you think? Honestly, I met him at a corporate do and it was pathetic because I've always had reservations about him. I didn't like him becoming England coach. And I met him and somebody went, oh, Hal, this is Eddie Joe. I went, oh, it, and I actually said, it's an honour as I shook his hand. I just, oh, I fall oh, apart. Such a man I fall, <laughs> I fall apart under pressure. I just, oh, I just, uh, he's not even big either. It's not even the Martin Johnson scenario of me going, oh, it's a massive man at services. Anyway, Lewis, honestly, you are just fantastic. And, what, a, um, what a privilege. Thank you thank so you much. Thank you so Lewis. much. Thank you so much for doing this. And so really, Good luck with your challenges this year. Um, and we, yes, everybody, please donate when you see Lewis doing his challenge. Also donate to, to, for me when I'm trying to walk across the Sahara Desert in November. Oh. But I'm with a group and it's much more easy and meandering. And it's like 100 <laughs> well, kilometres in five days. Don't get lost. No, I'm with a group. It's not oh, like, okay. we're, oh, yes, so we're being loaded by just... Mark Thatcher. But your Amazon Survivor Challenge, that's proper stuff. And, this, and hopefully the South Africa Challenge will happen as well. You'll do the Cycling South Africa thing if all the Lions Tour still goes ahead. If not, if the Lions Tour happens in Britain, as some people are saying now, have you heard this? Mm. You could just cycle around southwest London or something. But I, <laughs> I just, wow. yes, could be as demanding. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Bath is particularly hilly, gents, yeah, actually. Yeah, so, I mean, exactly. that could be nasty. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, gents. Thanks very much for having me on, and, oh, and take care. And how good luck with your uh, your challenge. Yes, cheers, Lewis. Oh, Thank thanks, you very Lewis. much for coming on. That's brilliant. Thank you, mate. Thank you. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Talking points. What are we talking about today? Well, one of the things that everybody's talking about is how we're going to deal. If if the French don't want to play, keep playing European Championship games, European Champions Cup games, Heineken Cup, whatever we call it now. um, The French say they don't want to do that. They might not be, you know, they don't want to basically, they don't know. I mean... By the time this goes out, we might have a definite decision. So this might be a pointless conversation. Yeah. I've got one big, easy solution to the whole thing, Dan. Right. Do you want to hear it? Okay. Toss a coin. We, we ditch the Premiership now. The, no one cares. No one's going to be relegated. No one really cares about this season. It's not fair anyway because people have been losing points of stuff. Let's just concentrate on some friendly matches between clubs. Uh, Champions Cup. You're really saying this because Saracens is I'm not. Really not. I'm really not. I'm really not. I genuinely think. reason you're saying this. I, 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 well, I would, I, I shall stand up for every other rugby fan apart from you yeah. and say I'm really enjoying watching the Premier League. Uh, no, it has uh, been. Gallag- we can still have, we can still, we can still have fun stuff. We can still have. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it, we, it, it has to games. be consequential. It has to be consequential. Uh, but I and think COVID's is. already destroyed it because people are people are losing out because they can't play games and the silly, what, four points for a win if it's your... No, four points Mate, if it's not listen, your fault. At the points. moment, when we are clinging on to <clears> any sort of enter- live entertainment that we can get hold of and rugby is, you know, right oh, up no. there with football. My other idea... If you're going to play everything, all okay. The, I, I'm an extremist, you know I am. All rugby from now on is just played in New Zealand. All rugby. Mm, so we with play. Crowds. If you want to play the Premiership in New Zealand, you play uh, European Cup. You play um, Six Nations. Everybody I don't think they've counts. got enough pitches. That's the only uh, issue. It's the only uh, issue with that. That with would that, be so. fun, though. It would be like schoolboy, you know, issue. I don't know, Auckland High School, schoolboys, rugby pitch, England, Tall. France. You know, yeah. <laughs> it would be brilliant. And some schoolboys <laughs> cheering on the side. Um, uh, no, I just I just think because New Zealand is safe, send the players over, two weeks quarantine, we all know they're clear, every, every bit of rugby. And it's lovely to, and also I quite like watching early in the morning, get it out the way. Yeah, I've got the rest. Like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It gets yeah. you up. You sit with a cup of tea, stops me drinking. Yeah. I'm not I've not actually drunk since New Year, but I always want to have a beer with rugby. Good and on, yeah. if it's playing in the morning, I won't have a beer. So it'll stop mm. me. Um so mm. I think 
Honestly, oh, these are really. I, great solution. Why, why am I not? A reasonable why? solution. <laughs> no, it's really good. Really good idea. Really good idea, Hal. Shall we now get on to halfbacks for the Lions? Yes. Halfbacks, isn't it? We've yes. done centres, which was difficult. Nine and nine and. Halfbacks is really ten. difficult. Again, this is all whether the Lions tour actually happens. Of course. Um, and it, whether Caveat. it might end up happening in, in in the UK, which won't be right because that's not what a Lions tour is. Um, no. I'm finding that I can't wait to get onto the pack because I'm finding these all really hard. Centres, I realise that I'm back three, I care about a lot. The pack, we are we. I think the Lions' big problems are half backs and centres. Um, um, there's, there's not yeah. a great. Well, it's got to be one of the Welsh scrum halves, I think. A scrum half. Do you agree? Thomas. 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 Thomas Williams. Um, or Reese Webb. Thomas Williams. Reese Webb is sort of fit, isn't he? Gareth Davis, I really like. Gareth Davis. The little. He's, yeah. I can't tell yeah. the between him. I think Thomas you're right. Williams. Yeah. What about number 10? Number 10 is, well. The thing is, it, tricky. Tricky. We do, The Romantics all want Finn Russell, don't we? We'd all want Finn mm. Russell at fly half, but can we trust him? Can we uh, trust him? I think we can. I, think I don't he think he gets really on with Gatland. I don't think he gets on with Gatland. I think he's got. I'll I think he's got very strong. Who's my, I think he's who? got very strong opinions about how certainly how Scotland should play, and I think that's what happened with him and yeah. Gregor Townsend. They just came into conflict. Gregor wanted to play one way, and he's gone. No, we should be playing like this. Mm. That's never going to go well, is it? You know. Mm. Um, go on. Give I us think- your bolter. My bolter. Is Callum Sheedy, Callum Sheedy, oh, number right. ten that for Bears and Wales. I think he is a bit of a bolt. I think he's playing well. He's feeling confident. He's playing well in the good team, and I think he's he could be there. But then I also always still like Dan Bigger. However old Dan Bigger now is, Dan Bigger's very you can solid. Play, I don't think you can play a bolter Lions number ten. I think you have to have. Someone very experienced playing there. Seriously, would we have to we have to make some final decisions? I would say. We've got to go. Uh, we've got to go. I think Gareth Davis at f- scrum half and Finn I Russell. Think let's, Farrell, go, let's go. No, Finn. I'm going to go for Sarries. Owen Farrell <laughs> oh, okay. that plays at ten. Well, who's going? Well, then we have to change our centre pick. We put him in the centres. Did I definitely put? Did, did I agree yeah, with you? you definitely. We, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. You agreed with me. Farrell. He's on the pitch, so don't worry. Oh, He's on okay. The pitch. Gareth, sod it then. And we sod can it. slot if, him if, in. If Farrell's at twelve, Finn Russell's at ten. Yeah, I agree. So we're meant to be having European rugby this weekend. By the time this goes out, it might have been decided whether we do or not. So I'm not going to make any predictions. predictions. And in fact, I'm not ever going to make any predictions ever again. I'm going to predict that we will have European rugby this weekend. Now I have to predict we don't or something. (laughs) You don't have to. I tell you what I do predict now. Who are Exeter playing? Their next game is against Toulouse at Sandy Park. Exeter are going to lose this weekend. That's all. By five points. This is the beginning of a bad run. Exeter are going to go on a run of bad results. So that's my I prediction. Think they're going to win. Exeter are going to lose. I'm not making any predictions how badly they're going to lose, but I think they're just in the doldrums. There we go. That's no, right. Sorry, it's been, it's, been a bit of, it's been a bit of an all over the place pod, but I've enjoyed this. No, it one. hasn't. It's been very good. Thank you. And it, is, this has been episode. Eight, I think. It is episode eight, yes. Episode eight, yeah. Join us next week for episode nine.
Bye bye. <laughs> bye. Just a reminder if you want to get in touch with us here at Rugby Jubbly, you can email us on rugbyjubbly at dltentertainment.com or go to Twitter and at us at, at Jubbly Rugby or Instagram, it's at Rugby Jubbly Podcast. Um, write to us and with any questions, any points you want to raise, and we will, well, we'll answer them. We'll do our best to answer them <laughs> without any knowledge. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.